friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again on this jaunt through time uh, by returning friends and co-host Mike Cloud and Kevin Weinman. Glad to be back. Hello, Griffey. <laughs> All right, guys, as you know, this is Fan Pick Month. Uh, we'll continue to cover those. We thank you guys for this. Uh, but my friend said for Fan Pick Month, we should do the Back to the Future series, and that's what we'll be doing today. Tonight's journey, Back to the Future 2. Um, before we get started, guys, if you could take a second, please, just one second right now, leave us a rating and review wherever you find the podcast, especially on Apple Pod. That helps us out a lot. Uh, please share us on your social medias. We have all the social medias. You can email the show, uh, filmalchemistpodcast at, or filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, sorry. And you can follow the YouTube that is Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. So now that business is out of the way, let's talk about what is the second best sequel of all time. No. <laughs> it's not Highlander 2, but it's pretty goddamn good. <laughs> uh, so, okay, let's just start off. I watch these back to back to back because I think that's one of the great things about Back to the Future. One of my initial thoughts was I, I was so impressed it's a weird choice, but I like that they restart with the last couple minutes of the previous movie. Yeah. They are really a continuous connected film. And I think that's a really cool choice, but this one has a wrinkle. Things have changed since last we were here. Uh, <laughs> would you guys like to walk me through as young guys? Uh, when you first saw Back to the Future, did it live up to what you wanted? Do you love it? What sticks out most to you uh, as we get this started here? Well, when I first saw it, I was, what was this, 1989? that this came out so i was like six i actually remember seeing it in theaters though i remember yeah i remember being super excited uh in the previews when i saw the jaws 3d hologram (laughs) marty because i was like a monster kid i'm like oh sweet there's a jaws monster in this one (laughs) but uh yeah i mean like initial impression when i first saw it uh i can't really remember but i mean i've seen it so many times throughout the years and i i love this movie like you said it's Got to be my top one of my top three favorite sequels, if not number one. Like Highlander two, Leprechaun two, Back to the Future two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who needs that Empire trash, Kevin? <laughs> or Terminator. When you were a young boy, and you went in to see the Back to the Future uh, return, and then we just got this really dark consequences of fun movie. What were you thinking? <laughs> that I'd better have a hoverboard. In yes. 2020, yes, right, or, or 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 I'll be damned that this world goes spinning around. Um, I th- I, I think a couple of uh, I th- I think a couple of things. Number one, like I I, um, re- I remember watching it with my cousins and them freaking out that Flea was on the movie and they're like Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers, <laughs> um, needles. But, but then I, I I remember uh not like uh Thomas Thomas F Wilson being uh perpetually uh. uh just the ultimate bad guy for me for, for 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 almost a decade where i was like he's the epitome of bad guy like thomas self wilson was like every bully that you've ever had and then not only that he got himself into a level where he bullied himself to the top and it was like it it it, it, it was it was worse fears personified very trumpian right like i feel like old virgin <laughs> thomas f wilson was 100 percent carved out of what people thought trump looked like and so like it was it was it was is very interesting for me so uh back to the future in summation for me was 
You better give me a goddamn hoverboard. And Tom F. Thomas F. Wilson was a very underrated bad guy in the pantheon of bad guy characters. Yeah, well, especially in a film where Doc and Marty are so iconic, I felt like this is the movie where Biff became equally as iconic. Yeah. Because Biff 100%. essentially is the greatest amalgamation of every evil character from the 80s. In this movie, Biff becomes Cobra Kai. He becomes, uh, you know, <laughs> Gordon Gecko. He becomes all of the John Hughes high school bullies in just this really cool way and asserts himself in the narrative and becomes this bigger part of the, you know, he wasn't just one guy that they threw off. Now he is integrally involved in this. And what I liked about it too, is you expect this other kind of fun romp. This movie did so many things I'd never seen before. Again, restarting the movie where we saw, but adding a subtle change, which lets us know that there's so much more going on than we expect the cool future. But then the thing that really blew my mind when, a, when I was a kid I had never seen a movie go back and just redo the first movie that the second half of the film is going back and filling in and adding to the first movie without taking away from it. And it, in a weird way, it becomes this kind of ultimate like fan fiction sequel, right? Like all of us who just are so desperate to go back to back in the future. And they're like, we'll give you a new movie. That's all these new meanings, but you can go back and play where you want. feels like this very meta move that really, was kind of mind blowing when I first saw it. <laughs> hey, Kevin, you're still muted. That square where everything goes uh, goes down in the. Um, uh, so let me start over. the 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 square where everything happens got so much play in mm. in, in these movies. It was awesome. Like I feel like they were just saving money. They were like, let's go back to the let's go back to the square. And when you <laughs> and, and, and when you just got to go and see. Yeah, when you got to go and see what the future version of it looked like, it was really fun to go and start taking people from the uh, 1980s into this. Uh, uh, very few futuristic movies do this to take you into an area that might actually exist in your timeline. Like, mm -hmm. so for them to go and say, we're going to take you 20 years out or 30 years out was pretty aggressive because they know that that's not going to age well. They know that they're going to be reaching for things that aren't actually going to happen. Um but they 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 did a pretty decent. I mean, outside of you know hover travel, uh, which is kind of big. That's kind of a big swing and miss. A lot of things kind of came to fruition, right? Like those Nikes exist. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, the the World Series holograms, yeah. like that kind of stuff is is very prevalent now. Order, even, ordering even, food on a touch screen. <laughs> ordering food on a touch screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the eighties nostalgia bar. I thought that was pretty interesting how dead on that is like how nostalgic totally. we are now for the 80s dude when i lived in hollywood the pop-ups that looked like like they did the save by the bell pop-up bar that shit was everywhere but yep. you know they they do another cool thing too is they they show us things in the future but also take the piss out of it like one of the scenes that struck me as really funny is when doc brown's complaining about traffic in his flying car because <laughs> we've all wanted the flying car since the jetsons my parents were promised we'd have flying cars and then I saw it. I'm like, we'll have flying cars in this future. They get the flying car and they're like, oh, this still sucks. I'm still late because yeah. there's traffic. That still happens in the Jetsons, I too. I know. I think that shit is so funny. <laughs> they're like these things. It's, it's this nice warning of like, hey, man, you all want this thing, but it's going to suck because we're people and we'll find a way to make it the worst version I, of it. <laughs> I personally hope we never have flying cars. People are terrible enough as it is as driving on the ground. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
being around people with flying fucking cars. Don't worry, dude. The robots will do it for us. Yeah, the robots will do it for us. I, I, what I like too though is the movie does this also clever trick where it does feel like it's running through the beats of the previous movie. It, it's kind of a weird. It's it's a tale of two movies really, because it kind of is this dark. You know, here are the consequences of what you're doing, almost a Terminator style, right? Like when you go back and change, now you've created this terrible alternate timeline and it's going through, right? I end up at the soda shop again. Like you said, I do the town square. I'm fighting against a photograph. And then they like, oh, we'll go back. And then it reboots back into this. Now we're going to redo the first movie. Yeah. And we kind of lose this dark consequence version. It's really interesting how they managed to still find so much fresh, right? My, my biggest sin in a sequel is just remaking a more boring version of the first one. And Back to the Future kind of sets the bar for how you add and expand the world to me. I think it's one of the right. best sequels ever at doing that. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't redo it. It just You look at the same story from a different perspective, which I thought yes. was brilliant. Griffey, yes. Griffey, we're not even halfway through the movie, and we're already battling with the fact that our main character, Marty, is a loser again. Yeah, in different yes. context, and like you, you, you start. You, it, it was almost like how you had to deal with Crispin Glover being kind of this uh, uh, guy that was beat up early in his life. You see Marty being beat up later in his life, and it's like, yeah. God, we're going through the same cycle where the your your you know the sound of thunder moment where it's like you did you did this one thing resonates for so long, yeah. and it so. It, it was kind of weird where you saw the excitement of the future and you also saw like the really frustrating part of the future where it was like, yeah, you've got these eight TVs that are in front of you and that looks cool, but this is still seen as downtrodden because you yeah. can just see how miserable they all are. Yeah. So it's like, no matter how cool things are in the future, you're still kind of brought back to where it's like, you still have to live life compared to somebody else and you're still measuring yourself and it may not be that good. I think I really liked that about it because when I was watching it again, this is probably my fifth or sixth time watching it. Um, I go, Oh, I, I love how they kind of bring that into the fold where it's like, they get you excited about the future, but just because he got a bunch of cool shit doesn't mean that everything's great. And I felt like they did a great job with that with Marty. Um, What what, did you guys think about that? Where it was like pretty right off the bat, you got to see that Marty was dealing with some shit. Like, do do you feel like that helped, helped you get excited about how he was going to solve it? Or were you a little bit? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, it's hard to put myself back when I was a kid. Cause I remember liking the first one so much more than the others. Right. This time watching, I feel like Back to the Future 2 is by far the most interesting of the three because of things like that. Like, we talked about in the first episode why Marty McFly grabbed us so much is because he's this ultra cool every guy, right? Maybe a little better looking, like maybe a little cooler, but felt attainable. This movie makes the really ballsy choice of, hey, here's the guy you love and we're just going to show you that he's a fucking loser, Right? Because it's so, like, here's the guy you love because he's the coolest version of the guy you want to be. His son's a fucking loser. So we see this exact version of him being a loser who gets bullied and beat up and is, you know, schlubby. Then we go see his dad and you're like, oh my God, his dad became a fucking loser. The guy who had all of the knowledge of the past and saw his dad fall. And it gets into this really fun, it reminded me of the Jeff Goldblum line in Jurassic Park, right? Life finds a way. This movie feels like time finds a way. And you start thinking, oh, my God, are the McFlies, the timeline is correcting because the McFlies are supposed to be losers. Yeah. And they cheat the system. And now time's like, oh, we'll get you fucking. And they get this accident. We don't 
see about. So it all feels very ominous. And, and I think that's a really cool choice for this movie to make, right? Because right. it, it's not – it's just such a different turn. But I, I think seeing beat down Marty is one of the most awesome moments in the trilogy. I think it's, totally. it's interesting because it shows ending up at the same – endpoint by two complete opposite means yes like his dad has absolutely no confidence and no ambition uh and ends up that way marty ends up that way because he's way overconfident and doesn't ever consider the consequences of his actions so he gets in this car accident and just screws up his life uh, from there on out and then he gets fired again because he's overconfident that he's not going to get busted and uh he just he can't stand blows to his ego uh where his dad would just take shit all day uh and let people walk all over him so you kind of got these like two extremes, but it still ends up screwing up your life. Like it's kind of like this message that you kind of have to walk a very fine line. Time always corrects, right? But I even thought of it this way. Like something that really fucking blew my mind this time is that Doc came back at all, mm. right? Because in the future, I was like, all right, so Doc's got the time machine. He's in the future. Doc easily could have stopped Marty's son from going to that event on his own. Yeah, why, why, did, why so did you start Marty pondering say? why get Marty? Well, because he looked like, like his oh. son. Because he looked like his son. Yeah, so but I'm he, like, you could have just – he had the knockout gun that he used on uh, Marty's girlfriend. I was like, just yeah. fucking knock out <laughs> druggy Marty. <laughs> give, her the, give her the men in black moment. Yeah, instead just, of just that. turning Marty's girlfriend, who you recast, into a literal prop that you just set on trash, you know, <laughs> instead of doing <laughs> that to the character, maybe just knock out Marty. And then you start – but this is what I love about Back to the Future and – kind of the creativity of the the world is every choice that every character makes becomes this big question right so like in most movies when you take an action it's a definite and it leads to a consequence in this movie every action becomes really questionable so why did doc go back and get marty maybe he realizes that there's some bigger cosmic thing like one of the cool things in the town square is that they still have not fixed the clock and so it lets you know, because I think he even mentions, like, maybe this whole town is some kind of weird confluence point in space-time. He's like, yeah. ah, that's too crazy. But then you're like, is it? And that's what the movie always – every single thing we see, you start questioning and pondering. And I think that's really fun. It's just, like, extra extra joy you get a glean from the movie if you're willing to go there. Well, I mean, a Doc in this movie basically – which I appreciated – acknowledged that for some crazy reason, this is a moment of time that yes. has really resonated with time like and i forget how he says verbatim but like effectively he acknowledges the fact that like shit's going down because we even came here in the first place and now this is a, a focal point in time where, where, yeah yeah we, where we are, we're gonna keep coming back and things happen yeah and, um, and that's the thing because it makes them feel like they're at the mercy of something bigger right because the question you ask fair. is why didn't he get marty and say hey, I'm going to stop you from getting in the car crash and let you decide because yeah. somehow he still knows that Marty will fuck it up and end up here, right? So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a brilliant thing to do in a movie where all of us, especially young kids, are like, we're going to have another fun adventure and all of a sudden it's like, fire hooker town and Marty's a fucking <laughs> loser who's fired and his wife hates him and they have the gross old person makeup like his parents in the first one. <laughs> so, 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 uh... Never, never did I think that a movie could directly take from its original and do a scene beat for beat and not think that they were being cheap. And this movie nailed it. Not only did they nail it, it's my favorite scene in the first one. We already talked about this, but like in the square, the chase mm -hmm. on the skateboard. 
Yeah, they're running into the manure. Like the fact that they literally redo this and instead of manure, it's like they go through glass Never. planes. I was like, it, it 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 was it was so exciting to see that I liked that moment still. And they did yeah. such a great job of creating these future beats, right? Where it's like you have the hoverboard, and then whether or not it goes on water, and then he gets yeah. out whatever that ho- I don't I forgot what it was called, but the hog. Uh, hoverboard the pit, bull. Was, the pit bull the pit bull that was yeah it. right the, the fucking rocket yeah, like, oh grab these grab these skiing things boys we're gonna go beat up Marty. <laughs> so, so so i think one of the things that they really took pride in, in this movie is that like we want you to see the parallels between these generations yes. and we never want to take you out so far that we yeah. can't actually keep it to where it's like shit still goes down human instincts still go down the same way i mean People are dumb with their children's names because his name is Griff and his name is Biff, and they're not smart <laughs> enough to go further than that. But it's like they did a great job with it, and I, I loved that scene. Again, that was one of my favorite scenes in the uh, second one, like it was the first one. Yeah, and it also just layers that them tinkering, right? Yeah, I, I like that too. What's your favorite scene in the movie, Cloud? I agree with Kevin on this one. Yeah, that town square scene definitely is the one that always stands out in my head. Just be, it, like I said, between like the the Jaws, what is it, 49? 19, Jaws 19. Jaws 19. Uh, I think it says now it's really personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they show the Cubs playing Miami in the World yeah. Series, and they won the and World the Series. the Cubs won one year later in real life. Yes, That's they did. Cool. That's pretty cool. It's basically like an amalgamation of the entire imagination of what the future would be like in this one little town square. Like between yeah. like the holograms, the advertisements, the retro bars, the hoverboards, the the fashion, um, the the architecture, like it's all right there. Like that, that that's where it seemingly is a I want to call it a utopia, uh, but it's it's still like a future you would want to live in. Yeah, I think what in, in how easy things are for us right now, isn't it crazy? To like you watch that movie and they can literally adjust when like the weather happens. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, it's on time. <laughs> and, and and yet things still seem like so difficult. Yeah, uh, it's like it, 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 so what? it's 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 still it's still like no matter what happens in the future, you'll always be like, Oh, things could be easier. And it's yeah, I, I thought but they there will still be some that. guy with a spiky helmet on the town square just beating people with bats. Like <laughs> yeah, that's just gonna exist in a future. A retractable world. bat at that. Yeah, like you just can't get away from those people. Uh, I don't know. I have a weird favorite scene in this movie. <laughs> and it's because it, it gets back to... I, I like the darkness of this movie, right? Like, if I'm being 100% honest, I feel like the movie loses a lot of my interest when they go back to the 50s, right? And there's some great stuff in there, but I really like spending time in this dark, chaotic future. Yeah. And the scene that really blew me away... <laughs> Was when uh, Marty wakes up in in uh, Biff's tower. I think it's called the the, Ple- the pleasure paradise or whatever paradise of pleasure. He wakes up in Biff's hotel, and his mom is there, and he is startled because his mom has these giant fake tits. Yeah, he can't stop staring at his mom's boobs. I love how my kid walked in right as I'm talking about giant fake tits. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So anyways, yeah, my kid's like, oh, fake tits. I'm in. <laughs> I miss the milk days. No, but yeah, so Marty wakes up, and he's just appalled because he's like, there's my mom, but her fucking giant tits are right in my face. And he's looking again, because my favorite, like, running gag of this series is how it feels like time is trying to punish Marty by making him way too into his mom sexually. That's right. right? Yeah, it's well, like, well, good well, lord. His mom. Well, I mean, yeah. going back. 
going back to the first one when he wakes up and he's like, you're ha. Huh? Yeah, you're, you're ha. Yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Intense, but like, he looks Can at his mom. And... <laughs> Can you imagine that? Griffey. Oh Griffey. As you a guy. Up, yeah. No, I mean, I grew up as a kid. Of course, Griffey can relate to that. Fuck <laughs> you, Cloud. See, I knew this was because I grew up as the kid whose mom was the, hey, your mom is more attractive joke kid. And so uh, I hate it. I hate it. And I can totally understand how Marty hates it. But it's just this. It's such a surreal scene, right? To see his mom. We find out that. Uh, see, now my kid's disappearing. Time is time is collapsing here. But you, so you come back and you just see this. She has fake boobs and now she lives with Biff. And you, you hear that his father died. It's like this real kind of dark uh, Potterville. It's a wonderful life segment of the film yeah, that I just, Potterville, that's exactly I find unbelievably about. compelling. Yeah. I, I love really that little, it. that little stretch right there. Well, and I think that uh, part of it is, 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 God, this, this sounds so meta and i hate when i do this but it's like it really does matter the people that have the most money how it resonates and trickles down with everybody else and so like him having this giant tower in that town obviously if it's a big giant casino that everybody's you know and by the way i gamble and i go to casino so i'm I'm a piece of shit too (laughs) but everyone in that town's a piece of shit at that moment and 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 that uh you know he uh marty uh, creeps into that house and then the uh, principal who i can't believe we haven't talked about at this point we forgot Strickland in both of these movies yeah, we that, about at all. That, that guy is loaded to the gills man that guy's got like a sawed off at that point he's like <laughs> taking out people that are driving by like it it, it well that's I, a great there, one because he's like now he's the street principal he's street and you hear that you see the kids come by and they're like fuck you strickland he's like <laughs> ah, slackers <laughs> and it's like that is such a great callback it's so <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that shit. But yeah, I also kind of like I can't get enough of this alternate, the oh, future especially, reality. Especially when they went over the whole idea about how Biff got his money, and they have this whole yes. like, oh, let's follow Mister. Uh, uh, I forget what his nickname was, but he was like, uh, Mister Lucky or whatever, and he just kept winning, yeah. winning, 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 winning. And I loved how he turned it into like, and Biffco. The worst name. Yeah, right. That they're nuclearly like their nuclear power plants are polluting everything. <laughs> Dude, if I ever have my own business, I'm gonna name it Bifco. Bifco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. But no, that's the. What do you guys think of the almanac? Is the device for the second half of the movie? So this is what got so. This is what got so many people um, furious at this movie when it first came out. So just to give you a little bit of context, this was not well received. Uh, it did well, right? It did well. It made a lot of money, but mm-hmm. like there were a lot of naysayers saying that they hated it and they really hated this whole sports almanac. And the reason why is because the stakes. Like if you have a time travel movie, the thing that you hope is that you're time traveling to like to disarm a nuclear bomb, or you're trying to go and save people from a. A, 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 a plague or so, there's something that is <laughs> dire right zombie apocalypse and you, and you kill the first zombie before it happens and right. they go back and they're like it's a it's a fucking almanac and so a lot of people that went to the movie was like the stakes are too low and the fact that biff is still our main art is still the main villain and biff ends up being the guy that gets this almanac it, 
there was a lot of vitriol hatred towards it. Whereas I was complete opposite where I was like, I love that it's something as little as a magazine that dictates an entirely new future. It is the, yeah, uh, I feel like I could unpack that as a, as an anti argument, right? Because I think one back to the future is not the, would you kill baby Hitler series? That's, that's not what Back to the time. Future is. That's what they and like, wanted at that time. What Mike said, it's fun that it exists in this place that we know, right? I think you were saying this, Kevin. The tying us to the geography of that town square, this small town that has this destroyed clock that has somehow become a confluence point, that's really interesting. And watching how something as small as an almanac can lead to this fucking horrific future. And we only see the the town that now has you know all the bikers and hookers and the casino but we see that biffco has plans so his evil has spread elsewhere right he's bought the cops he's killed a man he just openly admits to killing george mcfly so i think while you're like i mean would i want to see marty mcfly trying to defeat you know hitler no i i I don't think that's as interesting as because again i think I can't remember who said it in the first pod, but the, the interesting difference between Marty and other time travel movies is how he does it accidentally. He kind of just gets thrown into this bigger than life problem. And so for it to be kind of small and personal for him, I think is why this movie works well. Like waking up and just right. being like, ah, my mom's huge fake tits and yeah. my kid's a loser. And, you know, Biff's trying to shoot me in this opulent like casino. I was like, I think that's, Really, and I, I think tying it to his own little world is what makes Marty so bonded to us. The further you get away from that, because then the nuke becomes more important. The town becomes more important than Marty and the doc. Yeah, I think so many people so personal in this yeah. movie. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's your town. It's your family. It's your girlfriend, your future wife. Like That's what makes it awesome. That's what gives it heart in this movie. There's no heart in stopping world war ii i mean yes we would all love to do that and you know end the holocaust but i mean that's just such a bigger picture that kind of takes away from the heart of this movie well also do we think that marty mcfly just because he can skateboard would be capable of pulling off that mission right exactly no like no skateboarding (laughs) is not a way to bring down the third reich you know (laughs) i mean maybe it was maybe marty's a big piece of shit because he didn't do it but to me that's just not this movie I think that's not back to the future franchise. And they they don't have the freedom to just jump around in time. Like they, every time they go somewhere, there's something that is blocking them from using the time machine. (laughs) And I think, I think doc, if he had went back in time, if he needed to stop something that was bigger than like Marty's son getting arrested would have like showed up and he had the Dwayne, the rock Johnson in the car. And he's like, we need to stop the second world war like there needs to be a much yeah, right? person to go and deal with that there has moment, to be but... someone better on earth to go kick ass with than marty i mean i know marty throws some punches in this yeah but yeah. like come on he's also uh, triggered by being called a chicken like he's got he's a hairpin guy you uh, can't trust him on a military mission <laughs> I, I i did have to appreciate though that um did you guys see how much environmentally safe things resonated even in the late 80s where they were like this is mr fusion i'm gonna use all of your like old stuff to go and power my car i i gotta give props to that where i was like they still cared about being you know uh uh, responsible towards the environment in this uh in this movie much so uh, more so than we are now so i was like oh that's 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 a nice nod 
the alley. It was all trash compacted and yeah, yeah. It, it, well, I remember as a kid the scary things were the hole in the ozone layer and acid rain. Yeah. yeah. So like it's kind of like what we deal with now, but like just different. Right? I think we've known we've been fucking things up for a long time. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Captain, they were yeah. trying to figure I, it out. I don't know. I the other thing about the almanac to me that I would defend, right? So the point of the story is that you have to take one thing back that alters the course of this small town and this small town bully biff, right? I think something as simple as an almanac, it works. It explains vast amounts of money and then how Biff can become this mutated guy. Like, you can't go back and give Biff nuclear codes or something that requires a smart person to then turn into a fortune. Exactly. Yeah, that's It the needs one to be something that that's explains. easily ex- – yeah. yeah that's Biff, the one and that's something that would work in the 50s, right? Like, if you went yeah. back and you're like, here's nuclear codes, they'd be like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know and, I mean? and I feel like a lot of people were uh, judging this movie based on the initial movie and not the fact that there was a third that they were still building to. So it was like yeah. they did a lot of super smart things in this one. And knowing full well how much I loved the third one, I was like, oh, that what a, what a great way to call back to this. When they were going the history of Biff and they were like, oh, the, you know, yeah, his yes. old Mad old Dog. Mad Dog. And I was and, like. I totally forgot they made that callback in the movie. Yeah, I, and then I did that so too because I didn't remember how much of a connective kind of they really feeling they had. It, it, I, it, I, I thought the third one was just like we're out of ideas, let's go. But they clearly had already yeah, they built had a lot of this in. Yeah, I mean you have the you have the arcade game uh, that uh, yes, that's is right uh, to that reshooting in the old west. Even within the movie itself. Um, where he's in the antique shop and he gets the almanac and uh, the woman sells it to him. And she points out that this one has a dust jacket. Like they, they plant that idea there because that's what Biff uses to hide his Ooh La La magazine. Uh, uh, very good. Yeah. See, about that. I don't, okay. I, I don't think the almanac, I mean, again, I, I think going back to Kevin's original point is, I, I find the stakes of this movie to be enormous, right? I think that's one of the problems that, we see now in a lot of blockbuster movies, like especially superhero movies, right? I had a friend I used to argue movies with in a bar, and he's like, I'm tired of giant space vaginas opening up over a city and all the buildings getting crashed down. He's like, <laughs> tell me a story. And I was like, I think that's a little bit like, you know, shrinking it down. But he does have a point, right? Like what superhero movies resonate more? Something like The Dark Knight. That's really just these two guys on a collision course. Yeah. And some people die, but it's not like, you know, Superman, which wasn't beloved. Where it's an engine literally smashing Metropolis to bits and millions of people are dying. But Batman feels equally as important. I And I think I think you can make, you know, it's like something like there are movies about someone going through cancer, their own personal cancer battle, and the stakes feel enormous. Yep. So yeah. I, think that, I think that's kind of a bullshit. I think that's a bullshit argument in my no, book. I, I think, yeah, when the stakes are more personal, they do feel larger. Yes. Feel it from yes. the character's perspective. Whereas yeah. like superhero movies, you have all of New York City you don't have any personal connection to every single New Yorker or like, right. you don't live right. in New York. You don't have that. You personal feel connection. it more when you feel like it's someone, you know, and love. The other thing is <laughs> it's so weird. This movie also has to constantly, unlike a superhero movie, it lets us know that this might not work out for them. Yeah. Right? Like this could go really bad. <laughs> like, every time they get it figured out, like it's just, it's always something else every yeah. single time. As soon as they yeah. solve one problem, it immediately goes wrong. Yeah, I, I love the dark future segment of this yeah. movie. And then we cut away back to the 50s, right? There There is one question, right? 
this is another one of my kind of conspiratorial mind things where I found it really unusual that Biff knew how to operate the time machine. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. There was a part of my brain, and this gets back to my conspiracy, though, about why Doc came back to get Marty. I think he knows something extra in the movie to where he must have had the date preset. I don't believe that old man Biff is smart enough to set the date, know when to do all this, right? Fly it, fly back. Because every time they land somewhere, like you said, Mike, something goes horribly wrong. Right, so Biff about, somehow pilots the I, shit, I, I, hands the almanac, and pilots back. That feels like there's some kind of extra hand at play here. And, and by the way, speaking of Biff coming back, do they ever – because he gets out of that car. He looks like he's having a heart attack. Yeah, he's straight And we died. don't see anything more of old man Biff. Like, after yeah, that, he definitely died at that point. Um, <laughs> what? How did that – like, like before he left the 50s – he seems fine. He arrives in 19... Or well, in, we don't uh, know what happens, right? Because there's uh, Biff. He hands the almanac off, and he's like, don't lose it, butthead, and the doctor and the crazy-eyed kid might come. Yeah. For all you know, he's just like, I'm going to go find some hooker and yeah, he might live it up. up right? <laughs> and before he went back, it's like, I can get that shit cheap now. Yeah, right? He's just like <laughs> totally full of drugs and hookers. He's like, ah, ah. He's like, totally worth it. <laughs> Also, we don't know the effects of, like, time travel on a really old man. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, if anyone time travels and they're over the, over the age of 80, chances are that heart's going to be real strained at that point. So, uh, Not good. Not but good. I, I, him actually, like, getting out of existence since he uh, gave Biff, his old Biff, that thing. So now that old man doesn't oh, exist. Oh, so when he comes back, he starts disintegrating and being erased yeah. from the time loop. Because he kind of acts like how Marty acted on the stage, where he just kind of starts not feeling well and starts collapsing. Oh, good callback. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. I like where I like you that. went that. The erasing um, of himself. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, I, um, I've always kind of wondered about that character just in general uh, with driving that car, because when he, I was trying to listen real close, they never mentioned anything about how fast it had to go. So we have to assume that he just had the floors date it. set and then just floors it somewhere. Which... <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't he lift off and flies, right? Yeah. The DeLorean flies, which you assume, so now that it's flying, maybe it goes faster. He teleports and yeah, then somehow sure. comes back. Sure, yeah, sure, the, sure. The, how he gets back to the timeline <laughs> is the weirder part. And that, again, it feels like maybe there's, there's something extra happening. Maybe time is helping him. Maybe time's his pilot now because it knows what has to go down. Um question for you fellas um so obviously in the first movie we did not have elizabeth shoe in the second yes. third movies we do have elizabeth shoe what are our thoughts on the original jennifer compared to the second and third versions i wonder of why elizabeth jennifer is a character in these movies at all <laughs> like she's in the house and that, that easily could have been done by somebody else and then they just keep leaving her places they leave her in the garbage they leave her on the bench because yeah, like, if oh, we're if we're doing exactly. Kevin's game from last episode about what has not aged well, it's just tasing your girlfriend and leaving her in trash. That's not an ideal 2020 scene for sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Elizabeth Shue obviously became a great act. I love Elizabeth Shue. And I think she does get at least one good scene, right? Like, I, I think you could argue she has one good scene in two movies. And it's this, you know, dark future version where she's in her house and her kids yeah. suck and... You know, she's dealing with Marty getting fired again. I think that's a pretty good moment for her. Yeah. But yeah, it's 
I you were telling me the story. I'd never heard this, Kevin, about why they recast. I just yep. assume they're like, Back to the Future is a big hit. We need a bigger actress. No, not at all. Uh, the, the the first uh, girl that was actually cast in the movie, in which it's going to kill me if I can't think of her name, but uh, she had to help her mom who was sick uh, during yeah, the time that brutal, they actually man. had the second movie. And uh, so they, they still were on board to making sure that she was actually – they didn't think that she was bad. Claudia Wells. So yeah. Jennifer Parker was originally played by Claudia Wells, and they had asked her to come back, and she was dealing with her ailing mother, so they ended up yeah. – uh, getting Elizabeth Shue on there, which, by the way, iconic 80s uh, hottie. I mean, yeah, Adventures of Babysitting, uh, between that and this, and uh, she was just the go-to. Every guy. Yeah. Dude, Adventures I mean, of Babysitting is one of my all-time favorite childhood oh. movies. Amazing. But this Amazing. Is, you know what? I When I heard that story, though, it kind of made me mad because I was like, we're already recasting and showing that time is a, a cruel god in a way, playing with yeah. these two men. Why did she not get a comeback in part three? She Once did. They go the very end. No, but I'm saying the original the Claudia Wells because it uh, already because but it because if Claudia Wells let let her start the movie and then let uh, Claudia Wells end it once they come back from the West, that would have been a nice thing to do. That would have been a nice thing to do. That would have been a sad tragedy. That would have been a nice thing to do for Griffey, who likes this sort of juxtaposition with his storylines <laughs> and everything. The general public would have been like. Why didn't you just stick with the more popular, <laughs> more attractive yes. girl? That there, there is a conspiratorial movie. guy who would have been happy, but also I'm saying it would have been a nice way to say sorry for what happened to you. These are some of the biggest movies of all time, and you know it'd be nice if they could see your face again. Because I, 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 I just gotta wonder, do they shoot it all at the same time? Because like at the end of this movie, oh, that's a good. You call. have a lot preview into oh the, that's a good call. they absolutely did they absolutely did yeah. so you were signing on for two movies that they were shooting back to back mike is right i so still they, think she could have been a day player just to go amongst the rubble eh. the wreckage of the delorean <laughs> claudia wells did not need to be in but, the I'm just, hey, but, but claudia that's a that's good on you man way to put your family for that's what rick moranis did he magically disappeared yeah. because you know come to friend. find out his wife died and he wanted to raise his kids yeah. and you know i i super applaud that claudia in wells Cla good on you and Claudia was in, in the first one. We need to go back. Hell of a girlfriend. Stuck with him during the band thing. Yeah. He's not the most popular kid in school, but she's obviously way more popular than he is and way more attractive. And yet she's she like was two like inches taller Bible. than him, yeah. She's two inches taller than him. <laughs> Apparently doesn't care that she's in a flying car. Like, didn't really have that yeah. much of like a oh shit moment where it was like, oh, that weird guy with the weird hair just pulled up and you're friends with him? Okay, yeah, I'm totally on board with you. Yeah. So she's like, just down because he has a rich dad in that truck. She's like, I'll get in there. Let's fucking rage. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I, I did like uh, 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 Elizabeth Shuinen. I thought she was great. And and to your point, Griffey, I feel like the, these were all like uh, up notes for 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 people with uh, Leah Thompson too coming back and just having a uh, a hell of a run. Uh, being you know the the more successful version of the mom, but then also being you know the 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 casino mom as yeah, well the barbed wire mom yeah <laughs> old old version yeah going back to that break-in scene or not the break-in but when they go to marty's house like in the the his own dystopian future future uh did you, you guys pay attention to what was on the tv screen on those six channels there's like a mushroom cloud on one I no, I didn't actually. Now that you there, there's a breast augmentation commercial for a product called Tits. 
<laughs> from Biffco in the upper tits. right hand corner, and it's like actually like shows like nude breasts no. enlarging. How could I have missed that? I I, oh. I don't know how I missed it either, but it's like. <laughs> Boy, it's well, especially how did like the teenage Griffey miss that? <laughs> I'm an old mature man now who don't judge women by things like that. But teenage Griff should have had that locked in. <laughs> oh dear! But I was like, holy Jesus! Like I, I never ever noticed it before until I watched this time. And yeah, like up in the right hand <laughs> corner, I'm like, is that, is that a set of boobs in the background there? And uh, so I went back and looked it up, and uh, you can Google it the the commercial that Marty was watching. And it zooms in on it. It's a product called Tits. It's a product. It's breast augmentation. <laughs> oh my god! Classic. Uh, the the, the uh, so you did you guys didn't notice that there was a um, Crispin Glover was not in this movie, right? He wasn't in this one or the third one. And there was kind of like a him and Zemeckis weren't 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 vibing. I think Crispin Crispin's always been a weird dude. Yeah. But um, he was uh, he got salty. I felt like yeah, at some point he actually sued the second movie because of the fact that they used a a likeness of him yeah in really? some scenes yeah without his permission. I mean it's a pretty good Crispin Glover impression yeah yeah pretty much so it it was he got all salty about the whole thing which I think is ridiculous it's like I it's back to the future man just stand in like get your paycheck come in yeah, stand dude. in you're not sacrificing anything. It's one of the most trans. Uh, it's one of the most transformative <laughs> movies of all time. Just yeah. play your fucking role. But Crispin's a weird strange. dude. Yeah, yeah, he is. I, he is a strange guy. So it kind of makes sense. All right, so we've gone through a lot. We haven't even talked about the remaking the first movie yet. <laughs> we haven't talked about the entire second half of this movie. When now they must go back and undo what Biff has wrought upon the future. What about this part jumps out to you uh, among your favorite moments? Um, we the, the, so the tunnel. One, the tunnel. You like the tunnel moment? I love that tunnel scene. Okay. What about this tunnel scene works for you? What do you, What do you love about it? I it just it's just a cool scene where he's just uh, uh, kind of hide or riding on the back of that car. Of the hoverboard and trying to sneak in it's just it's a really intense really good action sequence and it's also a great way to repeat that running gag of running into the manure yeah right more poop poop always yeah, works yeah, we talked about this works. Yeah, keep <laughs> all three times the poop works. Uh, it, it, if, if you look at the uh name of the uh, manure uh truck it's the same on every single movie too as well it's like awesome. it's like uh, yeah, something like E. Smith's manure, E. Jones manure, and it's it's on every single truck for each one of the movies. Um, I, I think one of the things I really dug uh, about it was that uh, during the dance sequence that they try and play off this whole thing that all these things were happening around the moment. Now, this, again, kind of goes back to the whole idea where it's like this apparently has become this real construct moment in time. That yes. keeps having these uh, uh, things happen. And it's like the tunnel moment's great, but that's kind of you're pulling away from a lot of the other things that happen. And it's like he drops the sandbags on those guys that are yeah. waiting to go and yeah. beat them up. Right. So it's like now in your head, your mind's blown because you're like, Jesus Christ. So if all this shit hadn't happened, then he would have been jumped by those guys if future Marty hadn't come back and dropped this whole sandbag yes. thing on him. And I think that the, the way that they were unapologetic and making sure that they uh, like took 10 extra minutes 
to take you through these other things that happened with them. Yeah. I thought that, that I, I I thought that that was super clever. And then, uh, damn it, that the 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 whole moment where uh, it was the ooh la la in the magazine. Yeah. yeah, I was I was I've never been like so I've never been so pissed in a moment where I'm like <laughs> those perverts like like who switches out a stupid almanac for ooh la la like they should have known better. A bunch of it's high some kind of weird foresight for Biff too. <laughs> Right, it's like a pretty clever ruse for you. You could see the trappings of the Trumpian figure he would become. (laughs) No, I think what it is though, what I love about this moment of the movie, is it's it's really clever. It's very cleverly done. It doesn't trip over the first one, but also it feels like a way to double down and kind of say fuck you to the naysayers. It's like, oh, you guys thought there were paradoxes before. We're gonna throw (laughs) fucking double paradoxes on you. Like you said, like, so what ha- in the future, those three henchmen work for Biff, but now we see that they were probably murdered or paralyzed. So the school dance where these two fall in love and fucking make Marty, there were three dead teenagers in the room. So it's like, this is getting insane. But yeah, I, I the, the scene that I really like in this segment of the movie uh, is when Doc Brown kind of gets caught by Doc Brown. Yeah. yeah. And he does the back turn. Yeah. And I think they're playing it that Doc recognizes himself. I think he's. Su- I think he has a moment of realization. Oh, you're kidding? Because he, well, he's in the middle of a time travel yeah. process yeah. right here. Because it just seems. Because when he rides away on the bike, he's got the long fucking hair and the hat. And I think there's no way Doc Brown's like, wait, there's just another fucking crazy white maned old timer. And when <laughs> like, you're Christopher <laughs> Boyd, how do you not recognize your own voice? Yeah. And all. I see. I feel like you could do that because when I edit this podcast, I always go, "Oh, is that what I sound like?" <laughs> but, but no. But, Boyd, but even like, when he, he says, "Oh, don't you mean no, this socket Boyd. size?" Huh? But no, he hands it. He asks for a socket, and he goes, "Oh, don't you need this Me, size?" Yeah, this size. I think that's re- oh something else is afoot. Mm. Something else is going on here. Uh, I think that, but that's I. I like that. We're bordering up against paradox, but not all the way. You know, I, and by, I just, and, and, I and really by the fun. way, that may have been what led him to actually read the note. Because if he yes. thought oh, yeah. that he Good. ran into his future self, he's like, you know what? I got there's survive. a reason why I ran into my future self. I better read this damn note. Yeah, I have. Yeah, to and that's survive. yeah. Because oh man, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's fucking good. Yeah, that's fucking good, man. Because he knows he has to exist. He knows it's probably about his death. He saw the tape. See, I, I love that shit about this movie. Because everyone yeah. always talks about... I think it's one of those things people are like, that movie doesn't work because of this. I'm like, no, that's why it does work. Because time travel is this big fucking expansive thing that we can't even possibly understand. I, I think that hasn't even it, like Neil deGrasse Tyson said this is like the most plausible time travel yeah, movie. Yeah, well, That would be a big one because he hates every movie that has a science in it. Yeah, like if it yeah, has one it, science, he's like, "Fuck that movie." <laughs> well, well, well. One of the things I think is 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 gr- all right. So this is the whole reason why I think that people hate time travel movies is that like um, when it comes to a scenario where you have to go and suspend your own disbelief, then you have to go and start asking an amor- enormous amount of questions. I feel like the same reason why people hate time travel movies those are the exact same people that are like fuck magicians i don't want to go there. <laughs> i know like, there's no like, magic <laughs> you, you, like i no. listen i need i need a book and you need to tell me or you need to tell me how that shit just happened because i'm not i'm not gonna 
and just go uh, buy imagine that you just ta- travel through time <laughs> give me the book and and, yeah. and so like it's 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 a tough call like i remember when we were watching Endgame, and i know that that's a whole different thing but you're like god damn it because it's such a bandage on an easy question to answer when it right. comes to like solving a problem in science fiction this right. is not solving a problem this right. was the problem time travel was a problem initially and it was by mistake which was right. what mike said in the earlier episode which is like it's a mistake yeah. it all led to this and now we've got to keep tra- time traveling to go and <laughs> not fuck ourselves over. it's a it's a rick and morty problem my problem with the end game right so avengers end game time travel bothers me because what it does is they they i feel like pixar movies do this a lot now too where the character dies at the end but then they come back one minute later they want you to have Olaf dies, Princess Anna dies, whoever the fuck dies, and then Baymax dies, and then they come back, like, immediately, right? Because they want you to have that emotional response. So Avenger Infinity War ends in one of the best fucking moments in cinema history. Thanos wins. And we see all these characters dying. And you're like, this is fucking gnarly. And it's a suit, like, these superheroes actually can lose, and it matters. And it's this unbelievable fucking summation of everything we've watched. So they want that moment. They want to have that dramatic power. And then Endgame wants to wipe that shit away and say it never matters. And that's what fucking bothers me. That's how I feel personally. Comic books in general, comic books in general will kill a right, kid. Right, comic books bring that back. But to me, it's you can't have it both ways. Don't kill Captain America or Olaf or whoever the fuck and just bring them right back, right? Like I agree with George R. R. Martin when he's like, you know, I think it's bullshit they brought Gandalf back. That's a great fucking heroic death. Yeah. When you bring him back, you take the piss out of that moment. Granted, he has his own problem with that, as we find out. But yeah, so what I think about Back to the Future, though, is the time travel is not ruining the emotional stakes of what we've seen. That's that's why I think this time travel works so well for me. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm obsessed with time travel. I love this. Doctor Who's my favorite TV show. I I read, like I, you know, I read the Stephen Hawking's book. I read this other book. And this guy's just theorizing. He's like, there's no real mathematical basis that, you know, is absolute that time flows in one direction the way we think. He said, in theory, we should be able to remember the future. It's kind of the tagline that him and Hawking use. I think it's fascinating. So to me, it's I I love movies that let my mind work. Right. I think we live in an age now where we are so used to having all the answers. And if we don't, someone puts out a YouTube video going plot hole. And it's yeah. like, or you can just fucking ponder, man. You get to spend more time with the movie you love in your head. And I, again, I, and also, I don't think it's Back to the Future not knowing the answers. I think they do it in a really artful way that lets us play. Yeah. And I bet the top 20 movies in terms of top earning movies in the last 20 years have enormous plot holes that people hate. Like, it's yeah. stupid to go and look at it. You're, you're going to a movie to suspend your belief regardless like yeah. like if you're the <laughs> asshole that goes if you're if you're the ass you're if you're the asshole that goes to a movie and you're like oh ah, no boo again to go to the magician it's like the mirrors there are mirrors and there's smoke <laughs> and the, uh, there's another guy in that box like stop fucking ruining the magic just let it happen yeah. like and so back to back to the future too to me felt like they were really to to griffey's point doubling down on the fact that it's like we love the time travel aspect and we need you to feel it on three different planes like fu- present future and past yes. and 
as as a writer, how in the hell do you sit down and 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 start even thinking about what that's going to be like? Like, yeah. you've got you've got to write so many details about something that ha- like what life was in the fifties, and then a hypothetical that's never happened. Can you imagine mm-hmm. writing in there? It's like oh. self self adjusting jacket that dries person off. Right. Like that was <laughs> that was just Friday was to figure that shit out. Yeah, and it, well, I think that's that why that's that, pretty cool. That uh, Enchantment Under the Sea dance scene is extremely impressive. Yeah. Because, like, how many different angles they had to think about, you know, from that to make it continuously work and all those little pieces fit perfectly. And they did it so well. Yeah. And again, this is not a movie like something like Interstellar that hypes up how realistic and well examined it is, right? This is a fun. I mean, this movie, while science fiction, is just as much fantasy to me, right? This is just a hero's journey romp. We're just having some fun. So, to, I mean, I don't think you judge all movies the same, right? Like, they, they did that astronaut movie, uh, First Man, right, with Ryan Gosling. Like, this is exactly what it likes to travel space. You're like, all right, well, then I guess that matters for me in my judgment of the film. This movie's not doing that. This movie's not fucking doing that. Well, again, like, I can't really think of many plot holes in this movie, like, in this whole series. Like I, I feel like they tie everything up pretty well. The giant, yeah. the giant plot hole is just time travel. Like, cause you can't answer it. And, <laughs> yeah. like, like that, that that's is, true. But like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Okay, so here's a little, here's a couple of little known facts, guys. If you're ready for them, um, <laughs> number one, in the original version of this, Marty was nearly a draft dodger. So the whole story. <laughs> The whole story was written that Marty travels back to 1967, and when the Vietnam War divides the country, Marty is arrested because he doesn't have a draft card. Uh, oh, there's they, your serious stakes right there. Way too political. Went away from that. Uh, we already <laughs> talked about Crispin Glover, so I'm not going to go over that. Um, so it, it, it did predict <laughs> Pepsi Perfect, sort of. So he says, hey, give me a Pepsi Free. Pepsi Free was a real thing in 1985. PepsiCo <laughs> has changed the designs and shapes. Like, so basically, they commemorated it back in 2015 to create Pepsi Perfect, right? There you go. But uh. yeah, but 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 <laughs> it still doesn't exist the movie, right now. Why they hate it? Yeah. Uh, back to the Future Two was Elijah Wood's first movie. Do you know? I remember where... that he was the kid by the game cabinet. I had to rewind that because I was like, "What? Oh, really? That was Elijah Wood? He was the yep. little kid who's like, you have to use your hands. This is for babies." <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it is something that uh, has somewhat come to pass where kids look at our games and are like, that's stupid and easy. Let me tell you for a fact, that's exactly how they feel about our old games. <laughs> uh, so the Back to F- the Future shoes exist, right? Now. Yes, I saw um, those. Yeah. They are – there's a bunch of varying degrees of them. Uh, just like how you can get a bunch of different Michael Jordan versions, there's a bunch of varying degrees of these shoes. At the most expensive that I've seen, these shoes, they are $75,000. What the fuck? There is another version. For the actual screen-worn shoes? These are... It says... uh, (laughs) uh, Type in Back to the Future shoes, go to Shopping Underneath Google, legit, the first thing that pops up is Nike Mag Back to the Future 2016, (laughs) $75,000. You're just like, make them, Kanye will buy them, it's fine. What's the... (laughs) Find them. Uh, there's also versions that are around a hundred dollars. I might do that <laughs> for a hundred though. That shit looks fresh. Yeah, <laughs> I might do super that for fresh. 
And by the way, those are so high. Those things are protecting your knees. Like the, the, <laughs> well, like, they, uh, that's what I was thinking. They would work well with my never wearing pants creed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a shorts even in the winter guy. The Back the to the Future half. shoes might be my, my Lady Gaga fashion step I need. <laughs> Either of you guys go. Ooh, those are fresh. Those are dope. I would get those. I'm not a sneaker right. guy, but I, I could see myself right, wasting I paid for 100 bucks for those. Uh, so do you want to do a, uh, I'm still wanna... kind of stuck by the way. I know we're talking shoes. I'm still stuck on the idea of back to the future to first blood, which is where he goes back and gets caught in this Rambo scenario. And the principal's now Brian Dennehy. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, aged well or not aged well, I've got three of them and I'll go okay, relatively go. quick. Uh, the, the, these don't take a lot of discussion. Number one. <laughs> The the uh, future double tie for Michael J. Fox <laughs> yeah. is that uh, yeah. age well or not age well? Uh, I mean, I I could see a world where that's a thing. I, I would I, love to see it as a thing. I would I think fashion becomes it, <laughs> so I wouldn't wear one. But I would love to see people walking around in double ties. Not age twelve. That is the not age twelve. We're out. <laughs> You're not. I bow on all things fashion, but yeah, ties. <laughs> Ties to this day serve no purpose. So I'm doubling down on something that serves a purpose. Just Fuck double you. the chances exactly. to get murdered I'm just by strangulation. I would love to see other people do it. It's not All right. me. All right, next next business meeting, I'm really going to phase out the people that I sell to. I'm going to be like, hold on. <laughs> I, uh, I, or you're going to get on that call. They're going to be like, Fuck, this guy means business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I adjusted both my ties. Let's go. Um, uh, the second one, self-adjusting self jacket with a dryer uh age well yes the self-adjusting no because it's just self-adjusting yes no 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 no. but if it went around the midsection uh as a man who's gained some weight and as he's aged uh the self-adjusting jacket would be awesome but it's just the amount of clothes i have that i'm like remember when i could wear those and they were awesome that if they could just you know maybe like balloon a bit down by the navel oh my god so that'd be amazing you need ones that let out yeah, I need. Yeah, I don't need the the arm shrinker because I feel like you would know what size your arms are going to be forever. But <laughs> if it was a if you had that same technology for waste, yeah, that's a billion dollar industry. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, and it talked to him. It was like, yeah, uh, that's cool. drying, adjusting, and I'm like, oh, a, I, I think I was like a Night Rider kid, so I've always been pro like robot voice things sure. talking to me <laughs> I, I like what if you adjusted it and you had lost a couple pounds it's like proud of you you know that would have been really nice <laughs> yeah um, dude why is fitbit yeah. not making these <laughs> way too good bad idea uh, the, the, <laughs> motivational clothing so the final one for you guys uh girl michael j fox foxy or not foxy <laughs> yeah yeah he, he pulls off he pulls michael off. j fox has that classically like beautiful bone structure i think he's i think he's a hot lady a hundred percent a hundred percent i think he pulled it off very well like and he does that like when she, when when he comes down the uh, stairs and he's like Ooh, like he does that he does that oh, look yeah. over like yeah he's, he's a good looking lady so I, I i put down foxy a lot of us for him, can and have done worse yes than hot lady michael j fox a hundred percent he's a uh he's a, he's a Good looking, good looking fella. Yeah. Some guys just have it like that. That's just yeah. how it works. Uh, there is something I wanted to talk about. At the end, 
I, I like that this movie completely tells us that the lightning bolts are not random, but they're acts of God. Right? Because I think the lightning bolt at the clock tower is this important moment in time, right? This confluence moment. Something that I don't know if they address, but it struck me as very odd. When Doc Brown gets hit, right, in the DeLorean, he teleports back, right? And then they have that great Western Union. That's just like one of those clever things where Western Union gives him the letter. Yeah. And he's like, Marty, I'm in the Old West. Uh, you know, I'm a blacksmith, blah, blah, blah. I wonder why time sent him there. And then we find out in part three. I thought this was very cool. But this is the movie that solidifies in canon that these lightning bolts have an agenda. Well, they say his uh, – <laughs> he keeps saying his car keeps like the time that it's going to go to. For whatever reason, keeps adjusting – to go to the old west like right. on its own and he keeps trying to fix it right and so it, it does that and then the lightning bolt strikes it like right. like i said like maybe like time but is, why is it doing that right like you said like maybe yes. like time is actually conscious and trying to direct him where to go that final scene canonized my conspiracies i don't have them all worked out because again this is a movie of a lot of possibilities but when that happened that western union scene i was like this is so fucking awesome i was like this Good. movie kicks so much ass Griffey, Griffey, uh, my two cents on this, and this is to segue into the next episode, is because God wanted Mary Steenburgen to live. So he was doing Don't we every- all? Fuck yeah, God. <laughs> God was doing everything that he could to save that teacher from careening off the side of the cliff, and he was going to save Mary Steenburgen no matter how many times he had to fix that fucking clock on DeLorean. That's my two cents. It is funny because- We'll briefly hint at this, but part three is the one where we go, uh, fuck the McFlies, man. This is all about Clara and Doc. <laughs> I'm super down for that. All right, that Marty is this great cosmic pawn just to save this one teacher. I love it. And those two boys that might have important ramifications. I'm not Jules, sure. Jules and Vern better have become presidents of the United States in an alternate universe because those kids had it good. <laughs> Yeah, or they'll now, be like be the Damians of the universe. The <laughs> sequel is what happens with Jules and Vern. Jules and Vern, hell yeah, would be. But they're never going to do that because guess what? Found out Zemeckis and Spielberg were like, no, and Gale, no more of these fucking movies. They shut it down. <laughs> they shut those it down. three After die and some down. greedy bastards like, we're in business. <laughs> All right, guys, wrap up for me. Wait, one what last it, question I have. Oh, is- you got something, go. One one last question: What that when the lightning strikes the car? Is it just me, or is there like a backwards ninety nine that pops up? Oh, you saw something hidden. I I I didn't know. Did you guys see that when it like when the car gets struck by lightning and disappears? It looks like there's like a backwards ninety nine that appears. Interesting. I didn't see that. Okay, maybe it's just conspiracy. Griff's gonna go look it up right after this show. Uh, yeah, so just to give you a heads up, Mike, uh, Reddit, had, it says, at the end of the Back to the Future 2, the DeLorean is struck by lightning, explodes into a cloud of smoke, followed by flames, flaming backward 99. These, f- these are the flame trails that accompany the DeLorean every trip through time. The reason the 99 is, is the DeLorean must reach 88 miles per per hour in order to travel through time since the vehicle was hovering at the time that it was struck the lightning bolt it uh the lightning uh, bolt it spun the time machine making its parts travel at a rate equivalent to 88 miles per hour on an (laughs) axis the flame trails were created at backwards 99 as a result so 
Wow. That is way God, more- bl- God bless Redditors. God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I've tried to work that through my brain. I'm like, does that make sense? I guess, that, yeah, it's like, better yeah, than yeah, I got. Thanks for clarifying, Reddit. <laughs> but you did see the 99. That's pretty good. I totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, I could watch it. There's a backwards 99 when it disappeared. I was like, huh, I have no idea what that means. Well, that's the great thing about these movies. I assume I will be watching them till the day I die. Wrap it up, guys. What is your summation of what what makes this such a great sequel? Because in the next one, I want to talk about where this ranks among all-time trilogies. Sure. I think Back to the Future 2, inarguably, is one of the all-time greatest sequels. I agree 100%. Like, I I love this movie. I mean, like, uh, I think as we talked before, like, it kind of has these, like, big stakes on a small scale. But, like, you get so many different you get all these similar characters but in so many different scenarios and so many different times you get so many different uh uh landscapes and so many different like themes like you like between like the future and then the dystopian president present and going back to the past and it but it, with all this stuff it all fits so well together and it's such an imaginative story and it's so much fun to watch and like and again like just every single time they get they figure something out it immediately something else goes wrong to screw it up. Yeah. And it's so much as anxiety inducing as it is. It's so much fun to, to watch this whole movie and the characters uh, like just Marty and doc are just, they, they're some of my favorite characters of all time. They're just, oh, yeah. they, they're relatable, but they're emotive and they're just, uh, it, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And plus I have like, uh, like I love these movies. Cause I remember this is one of the first movies I remember actually going to the theaters to see. And I can't know how many times I watched these movies with my dad growing up. Like, this was like a family series to me. So like all that combined together, this is probably one of my top favorite movies of all time. Your dad was just watching it for the tits commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Never knew why he liked that movie so much. Now, now you know. (laughs) So, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple of sequels and you guys let me know. So Griffey, just to answer your question again, one of my favorites, because I'm a huge proponent of original content. So I, I want to, I want to hear a new idea. I don't want it to be, and I want you to spin it from your original idea and make it better. And that's why this is, um, actually a top five sequel. Uh, but I'm also taking out of consideration all superhero movies. Like, yeah, I agree. Take those out. That's like, that's like saying a James Bond movie. It's like, that's a longer ordeal. So, so, so these are, these are what you're taking out. You're taking out all, all, all of the, uh, um, superhero movies you're taking out lord of the rings you're taking out the godfather you're taking out uh james bond these are all parts of just a larger either book or 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 um not an original Uh, so so all right that that's why i'm narrowing this down so i'm it's going to be back to the future two or this which one's better okay first one aliens aliens is better back to the future two aliens to me is the best sequel of all time no, nah, Terminator okay. Two is is pretty close Ooh, for me. Fuck Terminator. Okay, so those are like the two that okay. I love the most. Terminator Two. Yeah, Terminator like Two is better. better. Okay, okay. We, then we all agree there. Which, by the way, uh, Back to the Future Two over Aliens, uh, Terminator Two over uh, okay. Uh, Back yeah. to the Future. Okay, Terminator Two okay. is probably the best sequel of all time. The Born Al- The Born Ultimatum. Back to the Future by a mile. Yeah. I'm not a big okay. Born fan actually, so. <laughs> Okay. Uh Evil Dead 2. Ooh, 
that's oh man that's hard because i'm such a horror movie guy it's just not even i i guess i'm going evil dead too but that's uh, a fucking I, tight race only because I, horror is my favorite genre i love right. it but i'm back to the future too just because back to the future too is more like inventive like yeah, I can't back to the evil future dead. 2 expands the world a lot more evil dead 2 is just kind of a better funner version of evil dead 1 yeah so uh, i think back I, to the future 2 accomplishes more it, it, you almost feel bad because Evil Dead Two had to recap so much yeah. of Evil Dead One to go and make it Evil Dead Two. It, Even they though it is a sequel so that starts after the first, it's, it's a weird <laughs> one. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. clunkier, but it's it's, 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 it's so awesome. It's, it's um, so awesome. I've got two more for you guys, and we I would put Back up. to the Future Two over Evil Dead Two. Uh, in me, my rankings. me too. Me too. Here's All the right. last. Here's the last two for you. Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, honestly, I like Back to the Future Two more. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is kick ass, but the reason it's why a I little like more, that. it's a little more like just kind of visceral what it is. I like the, I like the pondering Back to the Future too. The reason why I like Back to the Future two more is because of the fact that like Mad Max is just we're driving on those roads again and we're fucking shit up again. Whereas like yeah. there's cerebral stuff with Back to the Future two. You had to yeah. Like, a lot more creative with that back to um, the future or yeah fury road is just like the spectacle of all spectacles that's right that's right in <laughs> the last one is i love how Indiana- i said just as if that's such an easy <laughs> like, <laughs> throwaway accomplishment <laughs> uh, i was gonna say in the last one would be indian indiana jones and the temple of doom oh i hate indiana jones oh, i i like indiana jones and temple of doom but i hate that one I, that's my well, least favorite indiana jones movie you. if you said last crusade i would struggle how but, dare but, you it's, I that's like not Temple a of Doom that's, way that's, more than no no no. I I put Back to the Future two above, and Temple of Doom above Last Crusade. How dare you, Cloud? What? No, Temple of you Doom. You are not allowed to come on this podcast and fucking impugn Temple of Doom. I got oh, no time wow. for your bullshit, Doctor Cloud. Wait 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I forgot Josh? about Crystal Skull. I forget that it exists. Hey Griffey, uh, Griffey, yeah, Griffey. Crystal Hold Skull on. is by far the worst. Have you guys ever done the Indiana Jones movies on the no. film podcast? No, we have not yet. Oh, we need we to, have we, a lot we, of series that we don't get to because we got to block out time to do a whole series. We do a lot oh, more one offs, but it, we're working our way through. We'll oh, I remember back in Muncie, we had nights of debate uh, between Temple of Doom and uh, Last Crusade, me and you. So, yes, we need to do a podcast. Oh, last I know Crusade. I drank a lot, but I just remember winning all those arguments. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, Mike, uh, because Griffey is much stronger than both of us, I'll let you know that uh, I love Last Crusade 2, so we can tag team this, and yeah, we'll see what, 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 what we'll see. Last what my is theory my is if you cast anyone else as Sean Connery, that's not a great movie. Uh, I mean, like you said for Back to the Future, like if you don't have Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, or... That's true. That's that's a bit of, I'll, I'll flesh this argument out. All right. Like if, if, if Indiana Jones' dad is Christopher Lambert, is that movie? <laughs> if Doc Brown is Christopher Lambert, yeah, that works for any movie, except for Highlander, where he just nails. <laughs> yeah, I feel I like Chris- but that's what I mean, right? So Aliens and Terminator Two, I feel like, are way above the pack. And yeah. then Back to the Future Two is right there. It really I, I is. Aliens, but yeah, like those are probably the top three sequels of all time. Yeah, because you can't. Uh, again, when we're talking about sequels, you have to take things like The Godfather Two is still one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's part well, of. I'll tell you the, the truth. Even if you add in Godfather Two, I have it behind those three. Okay, but right? yeah, okay. like Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Empire Strikes. Like Empire's probably the number one. That's Lord of the be. Rings, Two Towers, after Back to the Future Two for me. So like, 
even adding those in, I still think this is a top five sequel. It's yeah. it's it's it's, it's it, it, and it it's severely underrated by the yeah. masses. Uh, and and it's 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 like it's it's almost because of the fact that you immediately have to start watching three. Yeah. It's so See, it's so, I like it, that. And <laughs> and one of the things that is so great, and this is the last thing that I'll end on, is that there's no my one of my favorite scenes in cinema history is Marty like here's 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 Doc celebrating the fact that the car just went into the future. Right? <laughs> and then here comes Marty and he's like, Marty <laughs> <laughs> he's doing no he's like so mad about it he's so mad and i love that moment in this to be continued or to be concluded oh i love that love that see, moment. yeah they have great i like the playing in i to me it's i love this movie because i, I think it does such a good job of adding on what we did right so they spend their time giving us this dark alternate future where because the one of the fun things about time travel is debating the the paradoxes right and not because they're flaws but because it's really interesting to think what would happen if you went back and make your mom moist what would happen right that's fun to talk about right so that's why i think the paradox they use it really well so they do this awesome dark future version which is a little more sci-fi and as i've aged i find to be probably the most seg interesting segment in any of the three movies and then they go back and double down on the paradoxes and the fun of the first one and just really are dropping their nuts showing you how amazingly crafted this movie is. And I, I like the fun endings. I, I just think these movies are just so wildly fun and entertaining. I, yeah. I just don't know what else. And, I mean, if your big beef with this movie is the almanac, like, good fucking luck enjoying a movie, man. <laughs> like, they just don't make them a lot more fun than the Back to the Future series. Yeah, there's not too many movies I could watch – every year and still enjoy it never get sick of it yeah this is one and that's of what i mean this movie still gives me the goosebumps right and it's really weird that you've seen a movie enough and it can still do that yep. so i think this is a great one i can't wait until we dive in on back to the future three which you guys will also be have available to download here on a uh, fan pick month on the film alchemist please as always take a second leave us a rating and review especially on apple podcast app email us filmalchemistpod at gmail.com Hit us up on the socials uh, with movies you'd like to see covered. What's your favorite sequel of all time? Hit us up with that. I'd like to see if there were ones that we missed, right? What are your favorite sequels ever? Um, and as always, thanks for joining us, guys. Kevin, Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Griffey, it was a pleasure as always. <laughs> and we will be back for the movie that I've grown to love a lot more than I remember, Back to the Future 3. Yeah, buddy.